InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. It's a serious problem that can affect all physicians, but especially those in training to become doctors. The problem is burnout. But a pilot program to reduce physician burnout has promising results. With more, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Tyra Feinstad, MD, Associate Professor in the University of Colorado School of Medicine, and she was a co-author of the study. Dr. Feinstad, before we get into the results of this pilot program, tell us a bit about what causes burnout in medical residents or healthcare workers in general, and why it's such a serious problem. Burnout is highly prevalent in all physicians, but especially in our trainee population. And burnout, as we measure it, really breaks down to three subscales, emotional exhaustion. And so that's being truly exhausted by your work, perhaps being overworked, having some hyper-responsibility. You can see why this all probably got worse during the pandemic. Depersonalization happens when you sort of become numb or callous, feel like you're maybe a bit of a cog in the wheel. And then low personal accomplishment, feeling like, gosh, this really isn't what I thought it was going to be like becoming a doctor. I thought I was going to feel more confident, more competent, maybe have more fun. Just that realization that it's not how you thought it would be. And so all of those are present in much of the workforce and especially so in physicians and in physicians in training where they're working 80 plus hours a week in specialties they may or may not want to end up in. And then, of course, all the pressures of the pandemic. Your study focused on physicians and medical residents, but this burnout problem applies to many different professions within healthcare, right? Oh, absolutely. Burnout is a huge problem in nurses and administrative staff, in researchers even, and then across the career stages of physicians. No one's untouched by burnout. I would suspect that this trend would result or maybe is a reason for staffing shortages in hospitals and medical facilities. I have to imagine that that's true. I mean, on an anecdotal level, if you talk to any particular staff member or healthcare worker, I think they'll loosely cite burnout as a reason that they're thinking about leaving. And there's national descriptive data to support that as well. You also found that women are hit harder by burnout than men in health professions. Why do you think that is? Absolutely. I think in short, it's because of sexism. Um, And in long, it's because women are trying to fit in in a place where they've been told culturally or by society that they don't necessarily belong. So the pressure to outperform their male counterparts is high. Also, women are known to take on a disproportionate amount of childcare or home duties outside of the workforce, which also was compressed during the pandemic. There's many other reasons like microaggressions or biases that they endure at work, either from patients or from colleagues, unfortunately, that probably do contribute. So tell us a bit about this pilot program. Yeah, so Better Together Physician Coaching is a group coaching intervention that is completely digital. It's a four-month program that Dr. Adrian Mann and I created back in 2020 as a solution for burnout and other indices of well-being that we were seeing our residents be heavily impacted by. And we always say that we created this program as a gift to our prior selves, kind of what we wish we had during residency. It's a place where you can come and show up as yourself and listen to your colleagues be coached by professional physician coaches around any topic that's pressuring you at the moment. It corresponds to 
16 weeks of online content around issues that trainees have been bringing up for decades, really, and certainly more in the recent years, things like perfectionism and imposter syndrome, approval addiction, confidence, how to deal with feedback, things that can be soul crushing on the inside and maybe invisible on the outside. We're sort of bringing all of those to the forefront in this program. And your program produced some measurable results. Tell us what you found. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. You know, we did actually have a pilot here in 2021, which showed an improvement in 100 residents at the University of Colorado in an intervention group compared to a control group in burnout, in imposter syndrome, and also in self-compassion, and not in some other outcomes that we looked at. I believe that's because we weren't powered to find the full impact of our program. So this study was so important because it was done nationally, so the results are generalizable. Our population matches the national demographics of residents and fellows, women residents and fellows across the country. It also was done in 26 different graduate medical education programs. It was over a thousand trainees across 19 states. And we ended up improving every single outcome we studied. So all three subscales of burnout, moral injury, self-compassion, imposter syndrome, and flourishing. We took those doing pretty good to even doing better. So I feel certain in saying this program can improve measures of well-being and distress sort of across the continuum for residents and fellows. Why was the group nature of your coaching so important? There have been actually quite a bit of research studies showing an impact of one-on-one or individual coaching. It certainly can be impactful We actually found a greater impact across multiple more domains of distress and well-being with the group nature of our coaching. And I think that is for a few reasons. One of them, I think it's more accessible. It's less scary to sign up for a group coaching program because perhaps you don't have to participate to begin with. And so the bar to participate at all is just lower. And then secondly, the impact of getting coached in front of a group And then hearing your colleagues be coached in front of a group is enormous. Personally, the times that I've been watching somebody else be coached are more impactful to me because not only am I hearing that lesson or internalizing that reframe or um, having that epiphany moment for myself, but I'm also seeing somebody else normalizing my own challenges in front of me. And if I can extend self-compassion to that person, then perhaps I can extend it to myself as well, is why I think the group nature works. It's also incredibly connecting. Connection was a huge theme that came up in qualitative analysis we did back in 2022. Even though we're completely digital and these participants may never meet each other, they feel bonded. They feel like they have a community with each other over the things that they're bringing vulnerably and sensitively. I would think that seeking out help like this would be important to do early, as soon as someone is starting to feel burned out. Is there a breaking point where maybe it's too late? Gosh, I hope not. You know, we have actually expanded. So Better Together Coaching now serves medical students. I agree with you that the earlier, the better. We also serve faculty among all career stages and, in fact, just completed a pilot randomized control trial here in faculty where we coached junior faculty, faculty in the mid-stages of their career, and even some senior or retired faculty, all who felt a benefit and were impacted positively. So I don't think that it's too late. And also, certainly, we know the sooner the better. These thought patterns that create the culture of medicine that now is being called toxic, I think, begin very early on in training. And so the sooner we can end the suffering, the better. 
Living life just day by day makes it hard sometimes for us to see within ourselves changes or things that may be going wrong. How do you recognize signs of burnout in yourself? Oh gosh, that's so true. And I'd say why the coaching, why having a coach is so important to begin with. It is hard to recognize in yourself. Burnout can absolutely look different. We talk a lot about how to diagnose our learners or our trainees with burnout. I think the kind of two telltale signs that I have seen are a learner that either becomes very irritated, easily jumping to the defense, starting to blame others when things are going wrong. And this might be something you pick up in yourself. You feel just angry at the world all the time or annoyed or irritable, even with loved ones that you don't want to feel that way about. The second way that it shows up is with real avoidant behavior. And so those learners that sort of hide or don't say yes to opportunities or turn down things that they might perceive as challenging leaving work early, coming in late, just not going out socially. And so that sort of clamming up, hiding under the cover sort of behavior. If you find yourself feeling like you're just not interested, not only in work, but also in things that used to feel kind of fun, that could be a sign of burnout among many other things. I realize this is a pilot program, but do other medical organizations offer something like this or maybe other forms of help to their employees? And if they don't, what is needed to make that happen? You know, I think it's pretty variable, and I think it depends on the institution and probably the location to some degree. There has been a really big surge of coaching programs. Coaching itself is fortunately or unfortunately pretty variably offered anywhere from, you know, six phone sessions with an expert non-physician coach to a very broad non-certified coach that has just had some faculty development, but is really more of sort of a mentor role. And so there isn't a firm definition of what a coaching program should look like. That may be a benefit since the bar is low to implement one in that way. And and we are seeing many, many more crop up. I do see coaching as a less stigmatized resource. We sometimes call it like a gateway into more typical mental health resources like therapy that might be needed or even psychiatry especially for physicians who are very vulnerable to that stigma. Coaching is an easier way to sort of dip your toe into mental health and usually lowers the barriers for those. So I think it would be super important to have mental health resources along the spectrum of needs, including coaching and therapy offered by institutions. And in order to make that happen, I think we need to see some big policy changes, some requirements from probably a state or even national level to sort of hold these organizations accountable. If you were offering advice to a recent graduate who is just entering the medical workforce, all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, what final words of advice would you offer to them? Oh, gosh. I would want them to know that they are entering a field that is riskier than almost any other field for burnout. And not just burnout, but it's riskier for a pathologic behavior of being mean to yourself. And so the biggest piece of advice I would give them is please, please be kind and be gentle with yourself in these upcoming years. Because the thought you believe that you have to be hard on yourself in order to do well is not true and ultimately is self-sabotaging. Dr. Tyra Feinstadt, Associate Professor in the University of Colorado School of Medicine. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, the link between cyberbullying and eating disorders. That story, straight ahead. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.